The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. I'm bringing you some quick updates and intro into this week's episode, which is going to be about oral surgery rotations at our school, University of Michigan, how they're run, and what my experience has been because I just finished my D4 experience with oral surgery at our dental school. And I did get my CDCA results back for perioprost and endo, so I will share those results in this episode as well. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. All right, let's get the housekeeping, if you will, updates out of the way. I sounded a little too chipper in the intro about my CDCA results. I guess we can focus on the positive. The positive is that I passed PROS, which was the anterior crown and posterior bridge preps, and also perio, and I passed the anterior endo. So the one that I did not pass was the posterior endo, which is just an access on 14. The reason in my results was that I didn't fully unroof the pulp chamber to where you would have access to all the canals. So it wasn't necessarily straight line access was the problem because I had that. I think it was more there was either like lipping right above the pulp canals like inside the chamber or that up towards the occlusal like where my access started there might have been some catches if you were running your explorer from the chamber up towards the occlusal basically i felt like i checked everything on the rubric three times through and i thought it was my best prep yet i felt really good about it so i was really 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 disappointed when i opened the results and saw that i failed posterior endo and when you fail one component of the cdca you have to retake that whole section so process passed perios passed but i have to redo both teeth for the endo even though i passed the anterior i have to still redo it on our remediation day which is december 2nd so anyone that has to retake any of those three sections or a combination of those three will be doing it december 2nd at my school so that's kind of what's coming up but I don't want to get too into like the experience of it, how I'm re- re-preparing, all that, because eventually I'm going to have a full CDCA episode for the fall exams that we're taking. So we'll just wait until I take it December 2nd, hopefully pass the endo, and I'm done with all three of those, plus the CDCA ASCII will be done at that point, so I think I'll have a lot of good information and a very realistic, vulnerable experience to share with you all in a podcast episode, but I knew that I told you I would be getting my results soon and I didn't want to leave you hanging. But the topic of this week's episode is oral surgery rotation. 
So I had that very recently at the end of October. And for us, it is two weeks, third year, and then one week, fourth year, and two days, the last semester of fourth year. So a week and two days of fourth year, essentially, seven days total. And I mean, I don't think that's enough, given that we don't really do extractions in our main patient clinic at all. So the only time you're doing extractions fourth year is those seven days. And then if you happen to have any on your external rotations, which are four weeks a semester, which I've done a decent amount of extractions on my external rotations. It's a fairly common procedure you could imagine at these federally qualified health centers, which is mostly where we're rotating through. So it's not like I haven't extracted a tooth, but I haven't done a lot, honestly, since last October when I did my D3 rotation. So I was a little hesitant going into the D4 one just because I felt a little rusty is all. And it's kind of an f- interesting dynamic because we do have a preceptor that is an experienced oral surgeon, but we are essentially supposed to teach the third years how to extract teeth. So they are on rotation for two weeks, and then there's a group of us for one week and another group of us for the second week, basically. And we are their mentors. And we're really supposed to let them take the reins, let them try if it's something that looks fairly simple, straightforward. And then if they're struggling, that's when we jump in and help. So of course I was like, oh boy, they're expecting me to teach people something. That means I need to actually know what I'm doing, which honestly reflecting back on the week, I feel a lot more confident than I did going into it. Not even because my recent extractions, I'd struggled a ton on rotation just because I haven't had as many as I would like more so a repetition issue. That was my lack of confidence. And that's just kind of random by chance who does a lot and who doesn't do a lot of extractions on rotations or during the ones at the school. I do want to clarify something that we do have an opportunity to do extractions for our patients if they're simple extractions all throughout third and fourth year, but you have to go through a few hoops, I would say, to be able to schedule that. So we don't do any extractions in our emergency clinic, and we don't do any extractions in our main patient care clinic. If one of your patients needs an extraction, you have to refer them to oral surgery at the school. And then if you want to be the one to take the tooth out, you have to go up to oral surgery, find a time that works for your schedule where you don't have other patients, a time that oral surgery has an opening and works for your patient, and it's only Wednesdays and Fridays, and they're one-hour blocks, and it's one column per day, two days a week. That's called our swing room where D3s and D4s can extract teeth for their patients, but you have to find your own assistant. You have to coordinate all those different levels I was talking about, and honestly, I just didn't feel confident enough with extractions to want to bring in my patients that I see for normal patient care to oral surgery and take their teeth out that they needed when I didn't feel that confident with it because I didn't want them to lose their trust in me as their dental provider for restorative care because I was struggling with their extraction or something one day. So that's what's kind of nice about the normal rotation is you're seeing whatever everyone else's patients that get referred there and people that get referred from outside clinics. So you're not really going to see the patients again. So that's something that's kind of nice for taking that type of stress out of the picture and you can really just focus on 
trying to be efficient and safe and successful and not worrying so much about the interpersonal relationship and developing like a rapport with the patient because you're never going to see them again and that's kind of a mutual understanding when people come into that clinic. So I haven't taken advantage of that swing room opportunity at the school at all yet. Now that I've done my D4 rotation, I'm feeling a lot more confident, so I probably will, especially next semester, my last semester of school. Right now, I really can't because I don't have any openings to do so. Like I said, it's a lot of coordinating between not seeing your own patients in clinic, being up there, having it work for OS, having it work for your patient. So it just, the stars have not aligned for me to be up there, essentially. But hopefully in the winter term, I can make that more of a priority and we're allowed to go up there anytime to assist other students or assist residents on their cases to get more exposure. So basically the opportunity is there, but it's up to you to do something with it. And it's not that I didn't care and I was being lazy. It's just we had so many other things to be focusing on with our normal patient clinic for us that I just have not had the capacity to be up there as much as would of course be ideal to help me really improve my skills and extractions. So that's kind of the premise of our exposure that we get to OS and how the opportunities are presented to us. I do want to talk about next like the scope of procedures that they let us do as undergrads, which if you're a pre-dent, that confused me so much that you're in dental school now and they still call you undergrads because you're not residents. So now that you're dental students, you're in the undergrad clinics, even though in my mind I'm a grad student, but I'm really not in the dental school world because I'm just a dental student and I'm not a resident. So very confusing, but they call us undergrads, undergrad clinics, dental students, all of those are kind of synonymous synonyms. So I will talk to you a little bit about what scope of procedures that they let us do as the undergrad side of OS. So you can imagine that as students, eventually at some point of the dental school journey, you're doing something on a real person, real patient for the first time. And unfortunately, in the OS clinic, it's going to be some people's first time extracting a tooth. It just has to be that way. Patients know they're at a school. But going back to third year, that's your first time ever doing extractions. You watch some videos on it before you go. You have modules of homework assignments that you're supposed to do during your two weeks there. You have some write-ups. You have to do a competency test case while you're doing one of your extractions to show that you know what you're doing during those two weeks. So I got all of that done third year. And like I said, you're paired up with a fourth year as a learning third year student that's supposed to be able to mentor and help you. So flash forward to this year, and I am now the fourth year that's supposed to be helping the newer students. As I said, I went into it being a little skeptical of my own skills, if we're being honest, but I surprised myself. I did pretty well, I would say. There were definitely cases where I can just tell that they're going to be surgical extractions. You're going to need a handpiece. You're going to need to trough around the tooth a little bit to get it out and to me it makes more sense to just go right into it that direction when you can assess the situation and it's more efficient for everyone 
But that's not how they structure things because they want it really to be a learning environment. And if the preceptor dentist just comes in and does a surgical extraction, we're not really learning anything. We're not really learning how to critical think and problem solve and determine different ways to get a tooth out as a simple extraction. So every tooth that we are referred is supposed to be a simple extraction of every tooth except for third molars. So we're not allowed to do third molars, but we can do primary teeth, we can do um, root tips, and then obviously carious bombed out teeth, teeth that are whole but have other reasons for being extracted. Sometimes you have a patient with tons and tons of destroyed teeth from caries and they're going to get a complete upper denture but maybe number two and number 15 are super strong still in place but they're getting a complete denture so you have to take out these teeth that don't have any periodontal disease any bone loss maybe they have a little bit of caries maybe they don't and when a tooth doesn't have any issue with it it is very hard to get out because it doesn't want to come out. Our bodies are meant to hold our teeth in place. We don't want them just falling out out of the blue in our adult dentition. So if a tooth doesn't have any bone loss or anything wrong with it, it can be very challenging to get out. And those were a lot of the situations where we had to kind of step in and help the third years. Obviously, teeth that have a lot of bone loss are much more mobile. Those were super easy to take out. Root tips are kind of 50-50. It depends if there's bone loss around them or not. If they've been there for a really long time, a lot of times they end up having to be surgical extractions to get them out. So anytime that something becomes surgical, which just means you have to use an oral surgery handpiece to take away some bone around the tooth in order to get it out, then they don't let us do that as undergrads. The residents or supervising faculty have to come in in and do it, and they'll either finish the procedure or they'll let us jump back in once the troughing is completed. And there is an elective that I want to mention again for increasing your experience in OS, because I don't want it to sound like we only offer the bare minimum at our school. That's definitely not the case. It just depends what direction you take your dental education. How I'm in an elective where I'm doing an Invisalign case, you can be in an elective for oral surgery third and fourth year where you spend more time in OS and you get to use a surgical handpiece, you get to do some third molars, you get to do more advanced cases because there's just a small group of dental students and they have more direct supervision and a little more experience. So there is that opportunity, but You can't do every single elective that we offer because they would conflict and you just don't have the time. So really the only people that take that elective are ones that want to specialize in oral surgery, but that is something that exists and I want to throw that in. I know I'm a little all over the place with topics in this episode, but it's all oral surgery based, so it's not that all over the place. Anyways, basically we do simple extractions and anything that becomes surgical, we have to grab the residents. And a lot of times we would also see carious teeth that are just super, super crumbly and just falling to pieces. And similarly, I can tell, okay, there's a good chance the little bit of crown that remains on this tooth is going to break off and then we're going to be left with root tips and then it might become surgical. And in a real practice, you would just get the handpiece and get the teeth out. Or you would, if you're going to do a complete denture or something, you might do a full flap across the whole arch 
and have better access to get all the teeth out. And then you might be doing some alveoloplasty to smooth down the bone so the denture fits better and then you suture and let them heal. But here, all we're allowed to do is take teeth out. So if anything else might be a little bit more efficient of a step process, we usually still can't do it. All we do is anesthesia and simple extractions. So it gets a little annoying sometimes when you know that there is a better way to do it, but we have to kind of tough it out through the more tedious and long and sometimes ineffective way, and then we have to call in the preceptor to finish it off when it could have just been started with the flap or started with the surgical. But the reason that they try, it's twofold, like I said, for learning experience and to show us like you don't grab a handpiece if it's not indicated. Not every extraction is surgical just because it's easier if, it, if you take the bone away because ideally if it can be simple and you can preserve more bone, that's better for healing and it's less traumatic. And the other thing is it does reduce the cost if it's simple compared to surgical is more expensive. So they always have a start with a simple extraction, prepare the patient that it can become surgical at any point. So the cost could be higher in the end once we figure out the best way to get the tooth out. But that's basically the premise of simple versus surgical and then what we're allowed to do on our normal oral surgery rotation. Some external rotations, if they're very proficient in extractions, those preceptors at the other sites will let us use or show us more in depth the surgical handpiece. I know my roommate on our summer rotation got to use the surgical handpiece and I was assisting, so I got more one-on-one observation and she was actually teaching versus on rotation at the school. They just come in and do it. They're not really telling you how to do it, so it doesn't really help much for us actually knowing how to do it when we graduate. But external, sometimes they will let us do it or give us more experience in a helpful way I would say so those are some pluses of those external rotations as well in terms of our oral surgery experience but that really varies from site to site so this was a rather short and sweet episode but I can only gab for so long about oral surgery at our dental school I also didn't mention in the intro something that I told you the last solo episode was I did my first root canal. I got to start it at the school. I would have to bring him back in a couple weeks to finish it. So I got to finish it this week and I learned a lot through the process. The end result was good. Had a few challenges throughout the middle of the process of obturating just with the instruments that they provide us. It was a little challenging because we were trying to sear off the gutta percha several millimeters into the canal about halfway down the root space because we were trying to leave the post space ready to go for the restorative dentist which is me (laughs) later on so that's nice that it's at least taken care of and that saves me a step when it comes time to placing the post and eventually core for this patient but all in all it turned out really well and I learned a lot so I didn't mention that in the intro but if you really are invested in what's going on at dental school, you might have remembered that I mentioned that a few weeks ago. So I didn't want to leave you hanging with an update for that one either. But thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. can't believe we're already flying through 2023. It's almost over. And I do have some fun episodes planned for the rest of November and December. I have some cool guests, people you might know from Instagram, people that just have really good insight to share when it comes to 
I would say dental business and being a successful practice owner, all those topics that you know I love to interview guests on. So I'm looking forward to sharing those and we're already scheduling out with different guests into the new year. So should be really, really exciting. I'm going to plan on getting the dental attorney that I worked with for my contract review as a guest on that podcast as well, hopefully to be posted in January or February. So lots of great content coming your way. Be sure to follow on Spotify or Apple, wherever you're listening and give a five-star review if you haven't yet. It really helps me out and promotes the podcast to more listeners. So with all that said, happy Monday. Hope you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you next week. 